Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. This is a very familiar passage of scripture, I'm sure, for most of us today. Ezekiel chapter 37. Again, y'all know by now what we are declaring to as 2023. This is the year of the reset. God is clearing out the clutter. And he's preparing us to receive a greater glory. Amen. I'm talking about the glory of God. How many knows the glory of God will change you? It will transform you. You cannot encounter God's glory and remain the same. Amen. That's why the scriptures talk about going from glory to glory. Amen. And I believe that God is setting us up. He is positioning us in a strategic way to tap into a new dimension of his glory. Does anybody believe that with me today? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to take a look at one of the greatest reset stories in the Bible. And that is Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones. For the next few moments of time, I want to preach to you on this subject of reset the bones. Reset the bones. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's time to reset the bones. Amen. Let's look starting at verse 1 in Ezekiel chapter 37. And it says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me, the prophet Ezekiel, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Somebody say there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. That reminds me of that old song. You know, we used to grow up in the school. Your hip bones connected to you. Come on, somebody. Bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, 
and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. And look at this. And they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Did you hear the word of the Lord today? And they stood upon their feet. They went from dry, dead, decaying bones. And by the power of the word of God, the spoken word of God, by the power of the wind and the breath of God, which is symbolic of none other than the Holy Spirit, they went from dry bones to being an exceeding great army. Can I tell you when I look at our set free family, I don't see a people who are void of power. I don't see a people who have no vision, but what I see are a powerful people. What I see are a spirit-filled people. What I see are a people who have fresh vision. What I see before me today are a people who are hungry and desperate for the glory of God. What I see today is an exceeding great army. That is what I see before me today. You see, this is a depiction, what we just read in Ezekiel chapter 37. It is a depiction of God's chosen people who had already been brought out and delivered in times past. But now as a result of their rebellion, they find themselves back in captivity by their opposing enemy, the Babylonians. We too can relate to this, right? As there have been times or maybe even currently there are things that have seemingly died within our lives. Maybe because of our own neglects, our own disobedience, our own rebellion. And now as a result are in need of a reset. You see, in this passage of Scripture in Ezekiel chapter 37 that we just read, there are applicable truths that I believe today if we will have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, we can apply these truths to our own individual heart and life. And we can apply these truths to the life of Set Free Church. Can somebody say amen? Number one, Ezekiel was a man of the Spirit of God. Did you hear what I said? I said Ezekiel was a man of the Spirit of God. He was a man of the presence and the glory of God. He knew the importance. He knew the necessity of the glory of God in his life. That's who he was. As a result, he could be trusted to be a prophetic voice in his own generation. Why? Because he knew the necessity of God's presence. He knew the necessity of the secret place. He knew the necessity of the glory of God. And so therefore, God raised him up as a prophetic voice that would alter 
the history of his own generation. Can I tell you, I wish to God in this hour that God would begin to raise up prophetic voices that would speak not a watered-down gospel, that would speak not a compromised gospel, but that would speak what thus saith the Lord, that would have their eyes and their ears attuned to the very heart of the Father, that would have their eyes and their ears attuned to the very presence of God. Do I have any people in here that you are a person of the presence of God? You are a person of the glory of God. You understand exactly what we are saying when we say that this is the year of the reset. We're getting back to the glory. That's who Ezekiel was. A prophetic voice in his generation. You see, God gave Ezekiel a prophetic vision. It was a depiction of decay and death. Was it not? Is that not what the vision was? This, this valley of dry bones that God took him by the Spirit and placed him in as he looked every direction. All he saw was death and decay. Can I tell you, as many of you know my story, you know my testimony, you know my life, my ministry. Most of the 21 years of ministry that, I, that God has graced me to be in, most of them were serving as an evangelist as a revivalist in and out of churches beyond denominational bearers. And I don't mean this to be rude or crude, but can I tell you, the church of North America is in a mess. Did you hear what I said? I said the church in North America is in a mess. And I've been in and enough, uh, 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 many of them, to know and to understand that there is death and there is decay. But what I also know today is that hope is not gone. And I believe that in this hour and in this generation that God is raising up some burning ones that are not satisfied with religion any longer and that are hungry for a manifestation and a move of God. Can somebody say amen? And I believe if God could just raise up a remnant of these kind of burning ones just like Ezekiel, we can turn this thing around. Come on, somebody. I said this vision was a depiction of decay and death. No doubt it was seemingly a situation that appeared to be hopeless. The scriptures declared that the bones were dry. They were very dry is what the scriptures declare. In other words, they were very dead. Up to this point, there had been no type of dialogue, right? There had been no type of dialogue up to this point. But then God speaks. And he asks Ezekiel this question. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Do you imagine what a hard question that must have been that God presented to his servant Ezekiel? Here he is in a valley that is full of death and decay, full of dead, dry bones. And God then has the nerve to ask this question, can these bones live? Ezekiel responded, and he declared that the only way that life can come to this dead situation is by you. Is that not the response of Ezekiel? He said the only way, God said, can these bones live, Ezekiel? 
And Ezekiel responded, and I like the response of Ezekiel. That's my response today. Can the church live again? Can the church be the church again? Can the church be a prophetic voice again? I come out to tell you, the only way that it can happen is by the Lord. The only way it can happen is by Jesus Christ. He said, it's only by you, Lord. It's only by you. What, a, what an answer, amen? Number two, Ezekiel was given a command to do what? To prophesy. To prophesy what? To prophesy life. That's what the Lord told him. He said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, only by you. And so now God is putting a responsibility, a mandate, upon the life of Ezekiel, and he said, now I want you to stand up, and I want you to prophesy. I want you now to open up your mouth, and I want you to begin to speak and to declare and to decree. And what are you to speak? What are you to declare? What are you to decree? You are to speak L-I-F-E. What does that spell? Life. He said, you are to prophesy life. May I remind you of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 today? The Bible says that the power of what? What did it say? Proverbs 18, 21. The power of what is in the tongue? I got you right where I want you. You said life and death. How I many of us, that's not, that's not the order God put it in. Proverbs 18, 21, he said the power, not of life and death, but he said the power of death and life. You say, well, what, what does that mean? What's the difference? I'm going to tell you what the difference is. He said the power of death and life are where? In the tongue. Can I tell you before we ought to see life, we got to see death. Did you hear what I said? Before we can experience the resurrection power of God, we got to die to ourselves. You say we want to reset, we want to get back to the glory of God. Guess what? It's going to cost us something. And it's going to cost us and require us to die to our self. Yes, it is. He said that the power of death and life are in the tongue. Deuteronomy 30, 19, you know this when it says, I call heaven and earth to record, to, to record this day against you. That I have set before you what? Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Did you hear the word of the Lord today? You have the power in your mouth, in your tongue to speak death or to speak life. He said, I have given before you an option today, said Free Church. It is either life or it is death. And the choice is yours. The choice is mine. It is blessing or it is cursing. And he said, therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. I come by to tell you today that it is absolutely imperative that we stop. I said we, we as the church, that we stop speaking words of 
death over our situations. Ezekiel said, when, he, when, when, he play, when, when, God, when God placed his servant Ezekiel in this valley of dry bones, of death and decay, he told him to prophesy, number one. And what was he to prophesy? He said, prophesy life. I'm telling you, I hear too much death talking in the church today. Well, it's not, it's not how it used to be. Oh, I remember the glory days. I remember the revival days, and, and we're so far away from it. You know, we, we, uh, we, we're backslid on God, and, and we're void of the power of God, and, and, and will it ever turn around? I come out of serve notice on the powers of hell that God's not through with his church. I come out to tell you there's another wind of God that's about to blow across this nation. A hundred, over a hundred years ago, it started on the west coast, and it blew all the way to the east coast but I come out and let somebody know by the word of the Lord this second wind brother Donnie is going to start on the east coast and it's going to blow to the west coast does anybody believe that today hey I said we got to stop speaking words of death over our situation we got to stop speaking death over our relationships, death over our marriages, death over our dreams, death over our visions, death over prophetic words, death over our finances, death over the churches and ministries and businesses. And we've got to begin to speak, declare, decree, and prophesy life and that more abundantly. I prophesy life over your marriage right now in the name of Jesus. It shall not die, but it shall live and declare the works of the Lord. I prophesy life over your finances, your bank account in the name of Jesus. It shall not die, but it shall live. I prophesy life over your body in the name of Jesus. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the surgeon said. I come out and tell you, you shall not die, but you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. God's not done with you. I preached two weeks ago it's not game over somebody look at your neighbor say it's not game over God said I'm doing a reset in your life in my life I speak life over this church in the name of Jesus the devil can huff and he can puff but he will not blow down the house of the living God I speak life stop speaking curses stop speaking death but speak the life of God over your circumstances, over your situations, over your relationships, over your businesses, over your ministry. I'm telling you what God said, I've given you power in your mouth. It's time for you to open up your mouth again. It's time for you to begin to speak and to prophesy again. Hey! He said, prophesy life. You see, after Ezekiel obeyed this mandate, this command, and he opened up his mouth and he prophesied, and he began to prophesy life, the scriptures go on and say that then there was a sound. There was a sound. There was a noise. Is that not what the scriptures declare in Ezekiel 37? 
after Ezekiel obeyed the commandment of God and he opened up his mouth as an oracle of God and he spoke and he declared and he decreed and he prophesied life, the Bible says all of a sudden as a result of his proclamation, there was a noise. I'm telling you what, how many knows that God always has a sound before he moves? There's always a sound that is released that proceeds the move of God. There's always a noise that proceeds the manifestation of the miraculous. There's always a sound. There's always a noise before the glory of God comes into a place. Can I tell you what? If we will step out in radical obedience and bold faith under as unto the Lord, I promise you just as there was in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem, the Bible says there came a sound there came a sound from heaven and it filled that upper room where they were gathered together I'm telling you what I'm crazy enough to believe that there's a sound that's being released over set free church over this region over this territory and that sound is going to give birth to the move of God some people say we're too loud let them say it Honey, you ain't going to quiet me down. I've been in this thing too long to allow some naysayer or skeptic to silence me. I'm telling you what I learned a long time ago, that there's power in my mouth, there's power in my tongue, and I refuse to let some religious hard knock tell me to shut my mouth and to quiet down my praise. I'm telling you what, my praise is a weapon. My worship is a weapon. And when I open my mouth, when I lift my hands, when I clap my hands, when I stomp my feet, it drives back the forces of hell. Now's not a time to turn down the volume. Now's not a time to quiet ourselves. Now's a time to open up our mouth and to release to God the sacrifice of praise. I give you five seconds to open up your mouth all over this house and to shout unto the Lord. Hey! Shetarabo Shatalabahaya. So there was a sound, there was a noise, there was a shaking. Can I tell you, that's what I see in the spirit, God's doing a shaking in this reset. Notice that after the first prophecy was released. The Bible says that the bones came together. They came together with sinew, flesh, and skin. After Ezekiel prophesied life, the Bible says the bones came together. There was a noise, there was a shaking, there was a rattling. The bones came together and sinew, flesh, and skin came upon them. But the scriptures go on and give a very interesting, intricate detail. I mean, that's, that's miraculous, right? Ezekiel prophesied. He spoke life. Those dead, dry bones began to rattle. They began to shake. I mean, remember that old song. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. They began to rattle. They began to shake. Flesh and sinew come upon them. But the scriptures go on and say, there was no breath within them. 
You see, now if you can just imagine within your mind, there was now just a valley of lifeless bodies and corpses. Now just a valley, it was just nothing but dead, dry, decaying bones. But now there's a valley of lifeless, breathless bodies and corpses. Can I tell you that this is where the majority of our mainline denominational churches are at? Hear me. We have our doctrine, nothing wrong with that. We have our methods, nothing wrong with that. We have our programs, nothing wrong with that. But what the problem is, we have no spirit. We have no anointing. We have no power. That's why the Bible says how you know you're going to live in the last days. The Bible says my people will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the very power thereof. Can I tell you what? It's not good enough that we just assemble together. It's not good enough that we just unite together. It's not good enough that we just sing kumbaya together. It's not good enough that we just give our flowery three-point sermon together. Can I tell you what this world needs right now? It needs to see a manifestation of the power and the glory of God. Can I tell you, we need the wind of God to blow again. We need the breath of God to breathe again. I'm telling you, we are nothing outside of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, breath is symbolic of the third person of the Godhead. Breath and the wind is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. And can I tell somebody today, can I remind somebody today that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. I said it is by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, structure isn't bad within itself. We need structure. That's what the skeletal system does for the body, right? That's what the bone structure does. It gives us structure. If we didn't have the skeletal system, I'd just be melting right here before you. It's the skeletal system that allows me to stand up here before you, that allows me to walk, that gives me structure. Structure in and of itself is not bad. But it's when we elevate structures above the Spirit of God. Methods aren't bad within themselves. We all have our own methods, the way that we do things, the way that we function, the way that we maneuver. Methods aren't bad within themselves. It's only when we elevate methods above the Messiah. Did you hear what I said? Listen, order, see a lot of people, especially in the charismatic world, they think order's a dirty word. Well, I just want the Spirit of God to move order out the window. No, the Bible still says let everything be done decently and in order. Right? The Apostle Paul brought correction and rebuke to the church at Corinth because they were out of order. Order is not bad within itself, but it's when we elevate order above the omnipotent one. Nobody's saying nothing in this place. Protocol, 
isn't bad within itself. We need protocol. But it's when we elevate protocol above the Prince of Peace. Did you hear what I said? I said when Ezekiel prophesied life, the bones came together, order. There was protocol. There, there, was, there was methods, if you will. Flesh and sinew come upon them, but there was no breath. There was no wind. There was no life. There was no Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what? We need the Holy Spirit today. Well, that's what this year is all about. This year is a reset. God said everything that's not necessary. I'm clearing out of the way. I'm getting out of the way. I'm going to blow on the cobwebs of religiosity. And I'm going to make room for my glory again. This no longer shall be called the house of Ichabod, where my glory has departed. But he said, I've saved the manifestation of the greater glory for this day, this age, this generation. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Does anybody believe that today? So then Ezekiel is commanded to prophesy a second time. Second time. And this time he is commanded to prophesy that the breath would in fact come, that the wind would come. This, again, is a specific and direct reference to the person of the Holy Spirit. So he was told, he said, now you are to prophesy over these lifeless corpses and bodies in this valley. You are to prophesy that the breath of God would come, that the wind of God would come, that the glory of God would come. Can I tell you what? You can sit back if you want to in your sanctified seat on your religious throne and you can say well God God just doesn't move that way anymore God doesn't do this anymore that the age of the apostles and the prophets have ceased to be yeah, that that tongues and interpretation of tongues and miracle signs and wonders they have ceased you go ahead and believe that garbage that religion that tradition if you want to but as for me I'm getting back to the book and the book tells me that the fivefold still for today is for the perfecting of the church is for the perfecting of the saints is for the maturing of the body my Bible still says that these signs shall follow them that believe that they shall not counsel demons not give therapy to demons but they shall cast them out in the name of Jesus they shall speak in new tongues they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover I'm telling you what believe all of that if you want but I choose to believe what thus saith the Lord and I choose to prophesy that the wind of God is going to blow again that the breath of God is coming back into the lifeless corpse of the church of the United States of America again hey notice notice that the first prophecy was for the word of God to be, re to be released and heard. The second prophecy was for the spirit of God to be released. First prophecy was for the word. Second prophecy was for the spirit. What am I saying to you today? In the gospel of John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, Jesus told the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, the woman that everybody despised, that everybody looked down on, how many knows that it was that very woman 
who everybody despised and everybody disqualified because she done been with five different men or more. She done been divorced. I hear that old religious spirit today. Well, honey, you've been divorced. God can't use you. You got to step down. Let me tell you, the devil is a lie. I serve the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, and many chances as you and I need. I want you to know today, he said, the hour is coming. That's what he told that Samaritan woman. He said, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in what? In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. What am I saying to you today? God told Ezekiel in the middle of this valley of death and decay, of this valley of dead dry bones. He said, number one, you're to open up your mouth. And you're to prophesy life. You're to prophesy what thus saith the Lord. You're to prophesy my word and my word alone. And then he told him the second time, you're to open up your mouth. And you're to prophesy life. You're to prophesy breath. You're to prophesy the wind of God. You're to prophesy the glory of God. What am I telling you? If we're going to be a church of the reset, if we're going to be a church that's after the glory of God, there's two things that we need. Do you hear what I said? I said there's only two things that we need. It's this word. We're getting back to the book. We're getting back to the B-I-B-L-E. If it's not in it, we're not going to say it. We're not going to preach it. We're not going to teach it. But if it's in it, let me tell you, that's a license for us. That's the authority that we need to say what thus saith the Lord, even when it's not politically correct, even when it causes us to have enemies. I'm telling you what, we ought to prophesy this book right here. We need the word. But how many knows the letter in and, in and of itself killeth? But it is the spirit that brings life. I said all we need is two things if we're going to be the church of the reset. If we're going to be a church getting back to the glory, we need this right here and we need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank God for the lights. I thank God for the production. I thank God for the cameras. I thank God for the smoke machines. I know some of you hate them. I thank God for all of it. I thank God for all of it. I thank God for the music. I thank God for the instruments. I thank God for the vocalists. But can I tell you what? At the end of the day, all I need is a word from the Lord. All I need is a move of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you that I can't help but believe that's why God's got us right here at Pattersville High School. Nothing wrong with those things that we got back at home, but God's letting you and I know that you don't have to have all of it to have me. As long as you've got my word and you've got my spirit, you've got my glory, you, that's all you need. I said it's all you need. You see, if there's going to be life in the church, we must be full of the word and of the Holy Ghost. I said we must be full of the word and of the Holy Ghost. You see, the ultimate meaning and purpose for this prophetic vision and these decrees and for the word and the spirit that was released was not so we could have a glorified daycare. You think God told Ezekiel to open up his mouth and to prophesy life, to prophesy to the wind? 
so that that valley could turn, in, turn into an established daycare or a social club, which is what the most of our organized churches are today. Let me go ahead and say something that might make some of you upset, and I'm not trying to do that, but I'm tired of chasing down people. Either you want this or you don't want it. I nobody saying that, Aaron. Would you help me, sir? I said either you want this or you don't want it. And the day of us always knocking on your door, calling you, texting you, emailing you, where you at, where you at, where you at, let me tell you, it's time for you to grow up and mature, and it's time for you to develop the mindset and the mentality, though none go with me, still I will follow. I don't have to have the preacher knocking down my door to keep me saved, to keep me sanctified, to keep me filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey! I believe in care ministry. I believe in taking care of the flock. But I don't believe in pacifying you and peppering you. We've been serving the Lord long enough. God has brought us this far for us to remain a daycare. I ain't changing no more diapers. If you're new in the Lord, I'll change it all day long. But for those of you who've been serving the Lord for a number of years, it's time for you to stand on your own two feet. Boy, if Lutz could heal, I'd be dead. That ain't what the purpose of this vision was for, of this prophetic decree. What happened when Ezekiel obeyed the Lord? A living, powerful, unified, and exceeding great army arose. An army that would eradicate darkness. An army, that, an army that would showcase God's glory. An army that would do exploits for the kingdom of God. Can I tell you what? I enlisted over 21 years ago into the army of the Lord. There's been high days. There's been low days. There's been days I didn't think I was going to make it. But honey, I stand before you with a testimony that I'm still here through many days. Dangers, toils, and stairs I have already come. And it's only by the grace of God. I said a mighty army arose. And Ezekiel 37, if the Pastor Mark and the team will come back up. Ezekiel 37 verse 14. The Lord spoke. Listen to this. He said, I will put my spirit in you. This is for you. This is a word for you today. He said, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. You shall live. The days of death and decay are over with in the name of Jesus. He said, I'm putting my spirit back in you. I'm resetting you. You shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Did you hear the word of the Lord? I just, I just now saw that. He said, I'm going to place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. You see, we're living in a day and an age, a season in this church culture. God's about to do suddenly testimonies, radical miracles. God's going to baffle the minds of the scientists and the doctors. 
God's going to baffle the minds of the politicians and all of the economic gurus who speak death over our country, who speak death over our nation, who speak death over the stock market, who speak death over the church. The days of the church are over with. Can I tell you what God's about to baffle the minds? He's about to flip the script. And when the dust settles, all the glory is going to go to God. God healed your body. God saved your soul. God delivered you from drugs and alcohol. When everybody else said you'll be like your mama, You'll be like your grandpa. No, God said, by my blood, you have been eradicated. Darkness has loosened its hold off of your life. All of the glory is going to go to God and what he has done for you. Now, I close with this. How many of you have ever had to have a phone reset? Show me your hands. You broke a bone, you had to have that thing reset. I'm talking about reset the bones today. Me personally, I've never, I've never broken a bone to, at this point in my life. Pray I never do. But someone that I care about deeply, that I love deeply, and that is my wife of 16 years. Some of you don't know this. But in December of 2019, she was involved in a pretty bad car accident. A lady pulled out in front of her, and my wife, she slammed on the brakes. But at the impact, she couldn't miss the lady. She T-boned the lady. That lady was okay, thank God. But at the impact of all the pressure of her slamming on the brakes of her car, and at the impact, it snapped her right ankle. It was a compound break, meaning that it came through her skin. And so my daughter and I, we found her there in, down in the embankment. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know. We just got a call, come, come quick. And so make a long story short, she went to the hospital. And I'll never forget this. As they had her back there in the emergency room, curtains closed, and she's back there, blood's everywhere. You know, she's in extreme pain. When the doctor come, they said, I'm going to have to reset the bone because it was a compound break. Those bones on the right ankle had literally shattered and they came through the skin. And I'm like, you know, at this point, if you know me, I, I, I can't stand the sight of blood. I just go out like a light bulb. So I've done excuse myself from behind this curtain and I'm waiting on the other side of the curtain. I'm praying and I hear my wife in there and they're getting her ready to reset that bone that was broken, that was shattered that had them punctured through her skin. And never in my life have I heard her scream in such pain as I did that particular day. I was in the room when she gave birth to our one and only daughter, Lily. There was some pain involved in that, but nothing like the screams or the anguish that I heard when they reset her ankle bone. You see, anyone that has had this type of procedure done you know it is a painful process. It is a painful, agonizing experience. But nonetheless, it is oh so necessary. See, if they would not have reset my wife's ankle bone, she wouldn't have been able to walk today. But you see her today, she is healed. She is whole. 
she is able to have mobility. And that's because she had to have the bone resets. The reason for resetting the bone is to realign it to its original position. Did you hear what I said? They had to reset the bone to realign it to its original position. It was out of position. It was out of order. It had to be reset to realign it to its original position. Can I tell you that's what this year is all about? God said, I'm resetting my church. He said, I'm resetting the bone, the skeletal structure. I'm realigning it. Man has deformed it. Man has brought it this direction and that direction. And it's not been able to function as I designed for it to function. So therefore, there has to be a great reset. And the reset is going to be painful. The reset is going to hurt. It's going to be a process. But the pain and the anguish are going to be worth it. Anything that we lose, God will restore it double. I believe that. It had to happen to realign it to its original position for the purpose of mobility and bone integrity. It had to be properly aligned. Can I tell you today that it's time to reset that which is broken. It's time to reset the bones. Some of you today, you have been broken by the things of life, the things that you have faced, the things that you have went through, the things that people have spoken over your life, the diagnosis you have received, the relationship failures in your life, whatever it may be. Maybe you're sitting here today at Powdersville High School in this auditorium and you came in oh so broken today is the day of reset I'm not going to promise it's not going to hurt I'm not going to promise that there's not going to be any pain or anguish but it's necessary if you're to continue to live if you continue to be mobile if you continue to function there has to be a reset of the bones that is what exactly what I see God doing in this hour in the church of North America. God is resetting us so that once again we will be the church that he bled and died for. That we'll be the Acts chapter 2 church. That's what God is resetting us to. 